Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is another Thursday night and we are back with a viewer's voice uh, day after a really, really awful, awful Liverpool game to have to take in as a Liverpool fan. So we've got three brave souls that have decided to join me tonight. Ron, how you doing? Ah, thank God I had to go to work today. Uh, Something to get my mind off last night, so better. Yeah, and one nice thing about working over here is there's... I, I don't have to go into work and deal with United fans or Everton fans or anything like that. And nobody gives a shit about football, <laughs> you know, my word. <laughs> yeah, pretty similar. Pretty similar over here. Yeah, it's kind of run under the covers. Uh, Ash, how was yesterday for you, man? Uh, quite shambolic, really, mate. I'm not going to lie. I was, um, I was four shots early to catch a bit of it. I was busy with the... Uh, with the missus going around the mother and doors and all that lot, so I didn't didn't catch all of it. But well, we'll get into it. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest night, was it? Really, to be fair. No, no, it wasn't. I definitely need to shout out Storm Thomas in the chat there, who's saying uh, morning from Mongolia. That's a that's a long ways away. I might be the first one from Mongolia. Uh, and Gav, how yeah. are you? I'm great. Last night was an absolute shambles. There's no other word for it. Um, funny he says he's from from Mongolia. I was looking up the... Um, we get all this feedback on who downloads our shows and stuff like that. Um, I think we can find out where people watch it on YouTube as well. But basically, our map tells us and like the amount of countries that are, this is downloaded in is unbelievable. Um, I literally spent about twenty five minutes just hovering over the map of the world because when you when you hover, like you can you can zoom in on so say Africa, and literally go around the map just looking at all the different countries and um, yeah, downloads from all over the world was just was just killable. Uh, Storm Thomas in Mongolia, nice one. Yeah, yeah. LFC day trippers are worldwide. 
Well, there's, uh, there's one right. person in Mongolia listening. <laughs> at least. Yeah, at least one. All right. Well, I mean, there's no sense uh, putting off the inevitable, so may as well get right into it. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. IPVanish is a VPN that makes it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rate 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com forward slash daytrippers and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com forward slash daytrippers. Wow. Well Thank you. Um, Thank you. Did this just come into your mind to try to read this as quick as you can? Yeah, yeah, it's a really long ad read, and even when I listen to other shows and have to listen to the host do it, I'm like, man, this thing just goes on and on and on. It's like, <laughs> what if I can really cram it down and yeah. cut out the time? Uh, what you could have done was you could have read it at normal speed and just kind of ad-libbed it a little bit and not read every single word. No way. I was word for word, and I think I nailed it, too. Yeah, so. At one point, at one point, I thought it was Eminem at one point, the way he was going and spitting the lyrics, I thought, yeah. this is like Eminem all over again. Yeah, he's definitely having um, rap battles at the weekend somewhere in Canada, yeah. I reckon. I know you guys don't <laughs> yeah. get these over. I know you guys don't get these where you live, because uh, uh, you guys have uh, healthcare systems that are based on sanity, but uh, we get a lot of drug adverts here, and they have to read out disclaimers at the end of the ad. And they rifle through them just like that. <laughs> that was the whole time I was thinking, was like, that was my inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> in Ireland, in Ireland, they literally try to make a joke of the, the the bits at the end. You know, like um, terms and conditions apply. Not many, we promise. Uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, no, well done. That was really fast. Do you want to read the next one? Our normal yeah, pace? absolutely. Oh no, that's I'm happy I was able to take a breath there for a second because this is exciting, Gab. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but. Champions League soccer is back, streaming on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration starts September 6th with the biggest stars, the top teams, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona, and more in soccer's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live starting that's, September 6th that's exclusively UEFA. on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> that's UEFA. There we are. It's not UEFA, it's UEFA. This... This was written by an American, so the fact Absolutely. that he uses the word soccer. How, how, how did you manage to do the first one at like 100 miles an hour, but struggle with Barcelona, yeah. PSG, yeah. and Benzema? This, this is for our American audience, all right? This well, is a global show. They, they might not be familiar with some of these names. Um, Jake says, Gav got to bring back their fucking bullshit quizzes now with no football. Jake, obviously yeah. a massive, massive fan of our quizzes. Um Fair play to him. 
Um, don't think he likes them. We'll let you know if we're doing a quiz, Jake, and you can take the night off if you like. And I don't say that in a bad way. We're just going to give you the heads up for your own thing. Um, let me All see. All right, bills are, bills are paid here. We can, uh, we can yeah. get into it. Yeah, go uh, I was thinking about the best way to approach this, and I just took my inspiration from movie TV show corners and figure we just get out the phone saw and just right into the chest and figure out what's going on here. So, uh, Ron, do you have any thoughts on why we can't seem to defend? Uh, yeah. So I'm going to start with, uh, the only positive or one of the only two positives that were there. It's like Allison was Allison. So that was good. As for the rest of it, in terms of why we can't defend, at first I thought it was just a matter of the, a matter of you know high, you know the whole high line issue, uh, not enough pressure on the ball before before they four teams are running onto our back line. You can go down the list, but honestly, at least last night and a couple other games this season, it looked like they just didn't want to. To be quite be quite honest, and that and that and that to me was shocking. Um, the, the stat that just is so damning um, is that save Bournemouth, every team that we've played against has outran us, outworked us, outfought us. And it's really hard to defend well um, when the people with the ball are working a lot harder than you. So uh, I think I think there's a lot to be, unfortunately, righted uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's a few individual moments, you know, involved with some of the goals or the ball that Van Dyke clears off the line, where some of the players just look shells of them shell, uh, shells of themselves. How do I screw that up? Uh, Ash, uh, what's troubling you with the back line? It's just multiple things, really. I think, mate, is not good for a start. I don't think that helps um, mentally more than physically i would probably say you'd imagine having the rest over the summer it's not going to impact their physical condition but mentally after last season the highs and the lows you know so close to the title uh losing out on the final of the champions league i think that's taken a massive hit on them <sighs> individual like performances i.e like joe gomez after being out for so long last year and bringing him back into the fold slow back on the pace I think that's a factor bringing in the likes of Simicas for Robbo I think as we saw last season he needs a run of games before we start seeing him up to where we saw him last season um, which at the moment it's not going to happen Robbo looks knackered Virgil you know that if he's not on his on his game then that affects the whole rest of the defence if we're truthfully honest like Ron was saying, Ali is Ali. Um, if he's not getting the protection, then it's going to be worse than what it is. But then it's it's a team it's a team thing as well. It's not just the defense. I think the way that we play in our system, if the midfield and the and and the forwards are not doing their job, then they put so much pressure on the back line. And like I said, as we're playing the high line as well, it just doesn't help. So everything's just going going to shit. Excuse the language, but it's just going to absolute shit at the moment. Yeah, it's. I thought there was a, a ten or fifteen minute period after Virgil gave up the penalty. I felt that he really looked like himself. He seemed to be far more aggressive coming out of the back line, trying to cut the ball out and things like that. And then they score again, and the wind is taken out of our sails. But 
Uh, what you were saying, Ash, Owen Newell's comment there up on the screen, we can't defend because the midfield isn't protecting the back line at all. And I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's not as simple as we're having one issue on the field at a certain area and we can kind of work around it. It's bad all over the place. Uh, Gav, what's, uh, what's the solution for us to shore up the back line? Like, do we need to cut out the high line? Do we go three at the back? Uh, no. Uh, look, Klopp says he, we probably need to reinvent ourselves. I, I don't think he means that he's going to go out and change the whole system and start putting players in weird positions to try to reinvent ourselves. I think it's more a case of um, trying to reinvent ourselves back to the levels that we, we've we've been accustomed to over the last five, six, seven years, whatever it is. Last four, anyway. Last four or five, definitely. Look, I'll try to keep it to the defence because we want I know we want to move on to different parts, but it's it's gonna be the same when we come around to midfield and forward. It's, it's individual there's individual issues and there's collective issues. Um you know, I I do think Robertson I don't know if he looks knackered. I think he just looks very unsure. Alright, and I think the whole the whole insecurity in some of these players is going through the whole team. But just defensively, he looks unsure, he looks in, he looks a little bit you know, Robertson is usually snapping into tackles. He's he's up and down. He's up and down. He's up and down. And, and look, it's he, he's played an awful lot of football, and I get that. But we have all these people at this club that know like how to run these players to within a, an inch of their absolute red zone. You know, the sort of way, and then bring them back and recover and go again. We have all these people, and we've lauded them for years as to how they watch and how they assess and how they know when to drop players in, when to drop players out. So they're still there. It's not like it's not like oh, they've taken fucking an extra six weeks holidays and in the summer, and we're all going look when they get back, it'll be fine. So you you know, but but then when you look Van Dijk, the Van Dijk one is the most is worrying because. You know, if we weren't playing well, you could expect Van Dijk to win headers, be aggressive, you know, get us up the pitch, hit raking balls and stuff like that. He just looks a bit... Uh, again, I think he looks very... They all look a bit timid for me. Joe Gomez had an absolute nightmare last night. And he's been okay. But he's been an absolute an absolute nightmare. And Trent... Sean pulled this two weeks ago and said he's smelling himself. and But... I don't mind a fella getting beaten by a good winger that goes by it and gets a cross in. I really don't. I don't. I don't mind a, a defender that you know, even even when he's attacking his ball isn't great. I don't mind. I don't mind anything like that. That happens. But when you're being when you're being skipped past and you're literally not sprinting, you're literally just jogging back out of the fella. Like it looks like something that you're up against a really good guy in five aside and you're not very good. That's what it looked like a bit to me. And. The only thing I would say for them is we have lost Matip. We have lost um, Kanate, who are both due. Well, Matip comes on last night. Kanate is hopefully back after the international break, I think. And they will help us. I think that, that you know, without they haven't, Kanate hasn't been involved or Matip really, I don't think at all this season until last night, if I'm right. Maybe. I don't recall it, no. Maybe Matip's plays are Fulham. I can't remember. If yeah, I think, Matip get, I think Matip gets injured before the Crystal Palace game. I remember yeah, right. getting so seeing the line. So maybe Matip, like, Matip's been minimal. Um, Kanate hasn't been there. He gets he gets injured against Strasbourg, I think it was, or Anfield, wasn't it? So, you know, although they're part of the squad, they haven't been on the pitch. So them coming back less scarred by what's gone on in the last five, six weeks or whatever it is, it'll probably be a plus. But they're being exposed 
because of stuff that's going on further up the pitch as well. You have to take that into account because, look, Matt, Liverpool used to give away chances last season, the season before, the season we won the league. They, we give away chances, right? Because we would yeah. be brave, we'd have a high line. And when people got chances, the, the quality of the chance wasn't great because we'd hunt them down, we'd make it really difficult, and we'd make the angle really difficult. But at the moment, we're not making angles diff- difficult. We're not closing them down. We're letting them take extra touches in the box. We're letting them set themselves. And that's throughout the whole team. Everyone has to take responsibility for those chances. But the defending wise, they are being more exposed. Um, and they are out of form. And um, they're just going to have to, someone's going to have to kick them. And, and yeah. you know, tell them that this, this has to improve. And But what I would say in, some defence of the defence is that we need to do better further up the pitch. We need to probably we need to step off probably a little bit further up the pitch in order to protect that defence. But over, but still, having said that, performance is not good enough. I don't mind if Van Dijk is last ditch tackling trying to fucking save because he's being exposed and we're conceding. I don't mind if you know someone gets in behind Robertson because. You know, the midfield is being bypassed. I don't mind anything like that because that can happen. But it doesn't look like that. It looks like when someone gets beyond them, it's like, oh, they're beyond me. And it's just not good enough, regardless of what way you paint it. It feels like the aura has changed. It used to be that, you know, Trent would get caught out defending, but he would still, you know, be running to get back, but he was so far committed up the field. And you're like, where was Trent? Like, ah, he was just stranded there. And everybody was terrified at running at Virgil. They don't seem scared to run at Virgil van Dijk anymore. And now Trent almost seems like he's beaten before the ball's even played out to his side, where he just – that was painful to watch. Every time uh, Baricelia got the ball and ran at him, it, it looked super dangerous. But being an optimist and to move on to the middle part of the field, the only shining moment at all out of that game was fucking Thiago looked like – an actual Klopp era Liverpool football player when he came onto the pitch. And I think it goes to how, again, Owen Knowles comment and what Ash was saying about the midfield. Like Ron, did you notice that difference as well in the game? Like I think Thiago had more tackles in his 30 minutes than the fullbacks and the starting three midfielders had in the entire game. Yeah, I noticed that. And I saw that stat and I thought um, normally I don't, Normally, I think those are like interesting tidbits, but what's damning to me, uh, particularly for, and I don't want to single them out because all, you know, there wasn't anybody in the midfield who did great last night, but, you know, that's what James Milner is there for, to be perfectly blunt. We're not, he's not there. He's not there to be an off- offensive outlet. He's there. He's not there to be uh, the guy you're looking for to be progressive, progressive with the ball. You're looking for him to bring a bit of steel to the midfield and you're looking for him to keep, to keep the ball taken over. And that's about it. And the fact that that guy, who is a senior, you know, you know, um, uh, second captain on the pitch, does, didn't bring that intensity, didn't bring that level of, uh, of tenacity to the midfield, that, which is what he's there for. I mean, what's he doing on the pitch? I mean, what, literally, what was he doing in the game? I other other than giving a pill away and getting a and getting carded and somehow not getting hooked off um, or being sent off. Like, you know, what are you doing? I I don't understand. Um, Similarly, um, you know, Fabinho for me, 
I mean, yeah, it takes a while to get going. Um, he had some okay moments in the game, but I couldn't tell whether it was his legs or his head that was gone or was it both. Um, and I don't know if that's because the guys around him just weren't – they're just too, too far apart and he's having too much ground to cover. There were so many things to look at that God helped the person who had to do film analysis on this game and try to help point out what went wrong. I mean, there's just – it was so many things. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to like try to be succinct with this here, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was bad. It was like it was. It seemed so easy to bypass through our midfield that you didn't even really hear Labaka's name called that often because he just got he got the ball and immediately they were right through the middle of the midfield. Uh, anything particular troubling you about the midfield, Ash? It just looks so easy to bypass. I think that's the that's the biggest concerning thing. There's there's no hunger. There's no snappy tackles. You know, trying to win the ball back with urgency. We've always been known to to press high. If and if that wasn't the case, then nine times out of ten, we we was able to get the ball back at a, at a quick pace, and then that transitions go from defense to attack. There's just nothing like that at all. There's no urgency. There's no. Just looks so there was, a bit, there was a bit when Tiago came on, though, that, and that was what yeah, I noticed but, was that his press was effective and he was forcing their midfield and defenders to play the ball that half second earlier. And all of a sudden, Virgil and Robertson started gobbling up aerial duels, and we started winning the second ball and being able to kind of pen them in a little bit. But for the rest that of the game, it was terrible. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's, we're relying on one person to come back from injury to start the lyrical way again. It shouldn't be like that. You would think mm-hmm. that. You know, most of these players have been with Liverpool and Klopp now for what two, three, four years. They know the Liverpool way. They know how we play the press, the second press, or whatever that looks like. And it's quite demoralising to see after sixty minutes when Thiago comes on or whatever he come on, that that's when we started playing again. We all know how paramount Thiago is to this team and what he does and what he brings to the, brings to the team. You know, finds the the cute little balls, sets up chances. <laughs> what is it? I think. Two, three games, him and Fabinho's lost together. So I think cum- cumulative, cumulatively, it's you can see why we need those two together, first and foremost, and then the third attacking option, whether that's Harvey or that's Hendo or whoever. That gives them the free range to do what they need to do, linking up with the forward line. So it's just having that balance, but we just look so disinterested, so leggy, so tired and just a breeze. I think that's probably the easiest way of putting it. Just Teams are just breezing past us like there's no there's, there's no pressure on them. And it's just frustrating to see. It's just so frustrating to see. Yeah, it, it was one of the worst games in terms of every time the opposition got the ball of having the, uh-oh. Like, every time they got the ball, it was, oh, shit, here, here they come again. Like, they felt like yeah. they were going to score every time they got the ball back from us, which was all the fucking time also. Uh, one thing going into this game that I was interested to see whether we noticed, and I can't tell because we were so poor, was for the last 10 years, for me, I can't explain what Jordan Henderson does in the team, but when Jordan Henderson wasn't in the midfield, you're going, ah, something's, something's missing here. I, and I don't, I don't really think we felt that at all. Uh, Gab, you got... More to say on our midfield? You know, I talked about it a fair bit in the last couple of months. Um, 
Well, look, first of all, I said last night, and I stand by it, I understood the starting 11. I understood yeah. why that starting 11 was out. Um, you know, Melo hasn't played a game of football since May. Thiago had two days training. Um, Bacetic is is a kid. Um, and you're still, regardless, you're still going to a very intimidating place in Napoli. Um, Naples to play football. So I understood the starting 11. However, I fully agree that James Milner should not be playing these games at Liverpool Football Club. Should not be starting these games, right? Um, and and Arge is there, and Arge is always in. And me and him kind of bounce off each other. He says, "Teams have sussed us out." I'm not blaming the book, but that was a bad sign. I've never known a coach release a book when you're still with the team. Listen, if you think that book is the cause of Liverpool's problems, I, I don't know what to say to you, right? Do you think that all these teams in the Premier League and around Europe don't know what Liverpool do with all these with all the people that they have at their clubs? to overlook stuff and re- watch video and watch analysis, do you think they turn up at Anfield and go, what way do these play? I'll tell you what, you know, they know the way we play, they know how we do it, but we were just fucking brilliant at it, right? And it's so hard to play against, right? And if you want to sit in, we can break you down. If you want to come out and play, come on, because we can turn it over and we can kill you, right? That's why we really liked it. <coughs> so the starting 11, I could understand, right? Because people are saying, Oh, well, why didn't he start? Mello played 13 minutes last night, right? Now, great. we're falling, we're training down at half time, we're falling down after 47 minutes, and Mello comes on on 77. Thiago still doesn't come on at 62. He gets 28 minutes plus injury time. Mello gets 13. So that's how fit they are. But he had to put them on, he had to give them minutes. They would have got those minutes regardless of what the score was because he's clearly going to build these players up for, well, if Wolves happens now or whatever. Um, but look, this is where the approach is wrong for me. If I'm going in there with Fabinho and I'm going in there with Milner, right? Fabinho I feel sorry for because he's the one constant in the midfield at the moment. You know, we've seen <clears throat> we've seen Keita around and gone. We've seen Henderson around and gone. Um, even Carvalho wasn't in the squad last night and picked up something, I think, against Everton. You know, um, Thiago there and gone. Ox doesn't count. Um, because he hasn't been in, in a single squad this, this season because of injury or in pre-season. Curtis Jones hasn't been around, so it's been very chopped and changed. Fabinho's been the one constant, right? I don't really go for the tiredness thing, right? Because as I said, they're assessed on a fucking minute-by-minute basis. But Fabinho, I feel sorry for. If you're going in there with Fabinho and Milner, you can't play a high line. You simply can't, right? Elliot, I had a... Not a row, a, a, a debate today with Sam McGuire on Twitter about Elliot because Sam feels that Elliot is the issue on the right hand side. He's not saying he's a bad player, but he feels he's the issue while the right hand side is not working. I don't agree. I think Sal is too wide and I think Trent is just jogging around the, the place, right? But you have to cut your cloth accordingly, man. And when you go to Naples and you have that guy up front, and Trump, I want to say his name is Oshiman. I think I'm saying it right, but I could be completely wrong, right? When you have the likes, yeah, when you have the likes of him, right, and you have no pressure on the ball, this is what it's all about. Liverpool, people say Liverpool have all the ball. Well, no, no, they don't, because 30% of the time they don't have it, which means 30% of the time they will set traps, press, push up, push that high line, put pressure on the ball, and it's very, very <coughs> difficult to pick a pass over Liverpool's defence, right, when a midfield is, is on top of you. At the moment, Liverpool's midfield is on top of nobody. Because what's happening is they're half-pressing. And if you're half-pressing and, and you go in there, like some Milner, right? And Elliot, because I will take the point that Elliot's positioning, okay, he's probably not up to scratch positioning in that position. But I think he's done 
very well for what he is. It's very easy to get a ball boy that. It's very easy then to be on top of Fabinho, and it's very easy to get beyond him then if you're 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 gone beyond the press as we call it. But it's non-existent at the minute. Um, we just have to like. I'm not going back into the transfer window and we should have done this and we should have done that. I'm not doing it because we'll only do it for another eight months, right? But at the moment, it's not good enough. We should be cutting our clock more accordingly if we have to put those midfields out, which we did last night. I'm hoping to see an improvement when you see Melo get more minutes, when you see Thiago get back into the team. Um, Henderson is two or three weeks away. Fine. Um, but... Curtis Jones even just more bodies I'm hoping to see more and, and people are saying like it's shambolic that we should be depending on um, we should be de- depend- we shouldn't be depending on Thiago who's so injury prone you know Thiago has had some injuries at Liverpool and usually when he's out he's out for a little period of time but he's gone through l- fairly long spells where he hasn't been injured as well do you know the sort of way and I don't think it's a dep- I, I, I love the fact he's back because I think he his presence on the pitch is unbelievable. I think he knows where to be. He knows where balls are going to drop, how he's going to get them back, what he's going to do with them. He's just a fucking phenomenal footballer, right? And why shouldn't we want them on the pitch? But it's not even a reliance on Thiago for me. It's if you need to go in with A, B and C, right? But D, E and F are, better, are a better option. When you win with A, B and C, let's cut a card accordingly. You know, if we're, if, if we're going to go in with players that can't, can't run as much or, you know, can't impact uh, or press as much, just just do something a little bit different. And that and that's why I don't go along with completely ripping things up and going with different formations and stuff like that. Absolutely, you might change personnel and you might tweak things. But I think look looking at games with a bit more pragmatism because of the players that are in midfield in particular, I think would help. And look... I hate saying that you hope this player comes back and stays fit, but you do. You hope they all come back and stay fit. And I think if Liverpool just um, take that medicine a little bit when they make these midfield selections, I think it'll serve them an awful lot better. Yeah. It, I like As bad as the midfield press has been, I've also been pretty underwhelmed by our forward pressing this season. Uh, Luis Diaz just, I mean, he's not going to be as good at triggering traps uh, or setting traps and triggering the press as Sadio Mane was because Mane did it for years and years, you know, with the same basically 11 around him. And we're not like, we just don't create any sort of pressure on the ball. But then on the flip side of it, we seem to be having a pretty tough time. Like somebody threw in the Telegram chat some chance creation statistics. And I can't believe that we're one of the best chance creating teams in Europe because it really doesn't feel like we're creating super high goal scoring opportunities. And I think we don't have a single forward player, with the exception maybe of Luis Diaz, who seems to have found his shooting boots a little bit, that seems able to break the game like like Osman did for them yesterday, like Farcellia did for them yesterday. Like Ash, do you have concerns about our forward line as well as the defense and midfield? Yeah, like I said at the start, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a tune thing, isn't it? It's start from the start from the front and work your way back. Um, it is a slight transition from last season. Obviously, with Sadio going, we were losing that, you know, that amount of quality. Um, and even like Div Ocarigo and Super Sub Div, he's now gone. So we're, we're completely relying on a different set of forwards. Diaz, like I said, we're still seeing him adapt to club style. I think he's probably a bit more tactical aware of how we play now compared to what we were last season. 
I think that's the stance of the preseason more than anything. Because Klopp's got him in, tweaked a few things with his game, but again, he seems to be the only one pulling out the pulling out the goals at the moment. Salah, a lot of things are being made about his lack of goals, but he's in was he the top creator in Europe in the top five top five leagues in yeah. Europe at the moment? It's his game has changed. It's not the no shoot on site that you that we're all familiar with. I don't, I don't think we're not that we're not at that Salah anymore. I don't think it's more a case of like Gav was saying, he's, he's hugging the he's hugging the wings and creating more rather than being the selfish Salah that we're probably used to in the past. Nunes is just going to take time. It doesn't help with the fact that he's up, but someone is out for three games, you know. But that that will come hopefully and. Jota, I think we've really missed him as well. Someone different plays either on the left or down the middle. Always in the right place at the right time. But again, he's slowly coming back. I'm not going to rush him because it, he's had a reoccurrence of his last injury. So the last thing we want is for that to happen again. I think Bob has been brilliant this season so far. Um, some a few games where you look at him and go, "That's the Bobby that we know." But again, we can't. Can't always rely on that. It's a, it's a completely different Bobby than what it was three four years ago. So it's just everything just looks so different. It's just not the it's not the Liverpool forward line that we know. And we just hope that eventually it's going to click and then everything will fall back into place. But time will tell, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean uh, Darwin Nunez, you know, shaky start to his Liverpool career, but he's just. He's not. He's certainly not for me, at least, having the type of dynamic impact that I was expecting. That his presence on the pitch and his attributes, you know, physical and whatnot, uh, that we'd be able to take advantage of those. A guy who was rumored to cost uh, the asking price that Napoli asked for for Victor Osimhen was eighty-six million pounds and Cristiano Ronaldo. And yesterday, he he looked about worth that much. Uh, Gab, are you concerned about your preseason prediction of uh, Darwin Nunez's goal return this year? No. No, I think he'll <laughs> score plenty of goals for Liverpool. Um, I think we're trying to be too clever with him. You know, yeah. spending a lot of time out on the left and stuff like that. You know, you hear an awful lot like back to basics and stuff like that. And I'm not asking Liverpool to go back to basic, basic football. But when you look at like the forward line, Oh, yeah, I think Salah's being too wide, although his chance creation is very, very high. Um, you know, I think it's... When he's out that wide, I kind of say, so why is he out that wide? I keep at, And I'm not saying he's hugging the touchdown all the time. I just seem to notice him. Like, don't get me wrong, he plays wide right for Liverpool. But when we're in certain situations, you'd often see him finding that pocket on the inside right. You know, where he, if, you, if you lined up a 4-3-3 with three actual forwards... You know, corner of the box on the right hand side. He used to find that pocket an awful lot and do serious damage. And and I, I seem to, he seems to be ten yards wider all the time. And that's obviously a, a, a tactical thing. And and you know what way we want to play and stuff like that. But I'm not worried over Salah at all. Um, Firmino has done has done good. You know, in the last couple of weeks. But Ash is right. Firmino can be quite streaky. Um, he's a good squad option. But I think Firmino is getting to the stage where he's a squad option. You know, um, he's not going to start. And I, I, you know me, I, I believe if you're in the squad, you're good enough to start for Liverpool. I don't want any of these hangers on and stuff like that. Um, but for me, you know, for me, if we want to play with those 
those wingers and stuff like that, and you have got Darwin Nunes, you have to start him. And you have to say to Darwin Nunes, we're going to get these two guys each side of you as close as we can to you, especially Salah, and you're going to and you're going to work. And look, Jota's coming back. Jota's, Jota's a great foil for Nunes if you're trying to bet him in because Jota can go in up front, down the middle, and if you want to put it in there, he'll score headers. He's he's deadly. You know, he's, he's a kind of a... He's not quite a penalty box poacher, but he's very good in the penalty box, if you know what I mean. He's not one of those that taps him six yards an awful lot, but he's great headers and great finishes and stuff like that. Diaz I've been really impressed with. And, you know, I think his work rate, tenacity, is just the fight in him, I've, I've been really, really impressed with. Impressed with. I mean, you look at, when you look across them all, you could say to yourself, you know, you could see Jota going out left, Diaz maybe getting a rest, you could see Firmino in there, or you could see Darwin Nunes in there. Salah, I'd like to get him a little bit more involved, just a little bit more centrally. But look, there's not. I'm not saying that they're all bad players, and I'm not. I'm not going to tell you that it'll all be absolutely rosy for all of them. But they're, they are. They're very good, and you know, I think Diaz is really starting to find his feet, and Nunes will. You know, this is his third actual game for real game for Liverpool, are we? Fourth, fourth. Um, yeah so you know yeah. he, he's made four appearance for Liverpool um, and they'll be okay but again if you you have to look backwards now when you're looking at the forward you have to look backwards through the team you have to say is the midfield doing enough to win ball to supply these forwards are the midfield doing enough to let these fullbacks cheat as they always have and give that service to Salah and give that Salah uh, to what used to be Mane and now Diaz. You know, are the midfield winning enough for Nunes to get involved? And, you know, there's, there's loads of... It, it, it all reflects on each other, man. And I think forward, they've been okay. They've been all right. It's not like we're missing fucking bags of chances where you go, Jesus Christ, we should have scored there. Maybe Salah against Bournemouth, actually. He misses two really, really good ones. But overall... I'd give the forwards a little bit of a pass at the minute, just a little bit because of um, who's been in, who's been out, who's bedding in, who's injured, coming back. I'd give them a little bit of a, um, a pass at the minute, and I'm not worried over them. I think Darwin Nunes, um, once once we get our midfield back and playing the way it can play, Darwin Nunes has got bags of goals for Liverpool. I've no, no doubt about it. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're still holding fire. Yeah, I was, I was going to say. What did I? What did I say? What did I predict? I think thirty-five all comps. Oh, yeah, I'm good with that. No problem. What's <laughs> going to happen? What's going to happen if he doesn't get it? Like nothing happens to me, you know. So it's all right. I was just going to quickly say, do you think it's worth maybe sticking him on the left, Nunes? This is because of that's how he played at Benfica last year a lot. It might re- reinvigorate his career at Liverpool doing it that way. Do you well, think that might be worth a shout, or do you think that's a bit clutch at straws? Well, I think. Don't get me wrong, I think if Jota was injured and Diaz was having a tough time, you could say, right, could we put Nunes out there? But I think Diaz has probably been a kind of a bit of a, a bit of a talisman in a poor kind of period. You know, I think he's I think he's the one that's shown more than most. So it's not like I wouldn't be taking Diaz out to put Nunes out on the left hand side. I just think we need to get Nunes just needs a run of games. You know, he's like I said, sure. this is his fourth appearance for Liverpool. Um, he comes off the bench at Fulham, doesn't he? Does he come off the bench yeah. at Fulham? Yeah, he he comes off, yeah. he, he starts against Palace and gets sent off. Um, he comes off the bench last night and he starts the derby. So he's had 
two starts for Liverpool. Um, he needs a run of games. They all go, they're going to have to learn. They're going to have to learn quick, though, because of the start he'd made. There's no real buffer. Remember at the start of the season, we said, if we're winning games, we can bring him in here and bring him in there and bed him in. Um, no, you, there's, it's, it's time to bed in is running out very, very fast. It's, I mean, the idea of moving him out to the left it kind of brings me on to what I was going to ask Ron of, you know, if Luis, Luis Diaz is our informed striker out of all of them, though I would posit that the times where he's looked the most dangerous was already after we were in a serious situation. He looked his best after we went down to 10 men against Crystal Palace and after Napoli was already well beating us. So, I mean, there's a slight caveat to that. But, like, Ron, is Diogo Jota going to have a tough time getting back into this team? Like, if we need to keep faith with Nunes and give him a run of games and Luis Diaz is on form and Salah's virtually undroppable, like, without a change of formation, it, it seems like it might be tough for Diogo Jota to at least get starts. Maybe not minutes. He'll definitely come off the bench. Uh, in the near term, uh, maybe not. Um, but I think as it goes on, that'll probably end up being the case. Um, I think the one thing I'd like to add, I agree with, you know, what's been said about the front line for the most part. The only thing I'd like to add is I think the other the other slight caveat I'd, I'd give them a pass for is that they've, they're kind of trying to make the best of what they've got in terms of service going forward. I mean, you got we have to remember, keep in mind that our two creative outlets happen to be our fullbacks and both of them, both of them are out of form, both defensively and offensively. So um, it's, it's really hard uh, for this, for them to expect the same output with the reduction in service that they've been getting. Um, So that, that, that kind of gives them a little bit of a pass. The other thing is um, I think there's, it's been hit to do is is the positional uh, issue, which is, um, for whatever reason, uh, Robinson and Diaz just can't seem to sync up properly. Um, and that could be due to form. That could be due to a lot of things. Uh, they've been playing together long enough where there's something should be starting to form, but it just isn't there yet. Uh, and then on the other side, um, for some reason, uh, Trent has been more inclined of late. Instead of doing the overlap and run inside, he's doing it outside. On the outside, he's doing it inside, um, which... And inherently puts Salah further out wide to start because if he takes that run in, he's running into Trent and that kind of breaks up that triangle that he, Trent, and Harvey uh, try to develop. Um, So I think there's some issues with that. Um, That doesn't seem to be as working as well as it did when it was used occasionally last season. Um, I also think, again, going back to the service, both from midfield, which was always limited, but uh, as far as as far as the pullbacks is, uh, you are there are we do have runners um, making diagonal runs in and out, but no one we'd rather we'd seem to rather want to spam the ball uh, from a from across as opposed to try to play it in the feet. Now that's fine um, when we're playing sides that aren't full of you know tall center backs who gobble that kind of stuff up, but you know when we're not, you know you got to be more cognizant of who you're playing against. Uh, and we're just not we're just not trying to find uh, those runs as much as we used to. You know, Henderson Henderson's really good for that. That you know that little lofty chip ball he he likes to try. We just not doing as much. We're not doing that as much. We just seem to be spamming it um, into the same area, hope hoping uh, that somebody will get onto it, and they don't. Um, so I think 
those are a few of those things that keep going on uh, that we, aside from all the other issues that we could tweak uh, to kind of get a little bit better in the front line. Um, Jonathan says there, I uh, wonder how many times you watched Nunes before predicting he'd score 35 seasons, maybe once. I presume you're talking about me. Twice. Definitely um, twice. Yeah. Once, once in Benfica, <laughs> once at Anfield, and then I watched a deadly um, YouTube compilation, which had brilliant, um, you know, that Euro pop music, which was incredible. The 35 <laughs> goals was just a number on the top of my head, Jonathan. Um, more than <laughs> hope than, and, and, um, I don't claim to watch all these players like a lot of people would. Um, I watched him 70 times before he signed Liverpool. Bollocks, you did. And um, nobody's watching Benfica, let's be honest. But, um, no, I'll stick with the 35 though for the crack. Yeah, I don't um, know sorry, if Jonathan sorry, was just, here sorry, when just, that show was on. We, just in the chat uh, as we well. Um, just in the chat, um, Reese McCardle. In the chat says the Premier League have been informed that the matches are off this weekend and they will be kept informed about next week. That's what Reese McCardle says on here. He also says, Mike Keegan, DM. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but um, Reese McCardle reckons the Premier League clubs have been informed that the matches are off this season. Does that mean Not this that season, this weekend. Season, season, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they does haven't called mean, off the whole season. Like the Champions League as well is going to be cancelled midweek. Yeah, sure. the, the, Usually when, when something like this happens, um, you probably get seven to ten days where stuff is, the sport doesn't really happen because, yeah. you know, with it being the, the queen, it's going to take so long to organise because there's no doubt to be fucking hundreds of millions of people out on the street um, for something like this. So, you know, it takes an awful long time to organise and we're in that time of organisation. They don't really have sport. The golf, uh, uh, the BMW um, was uh, suspended today when news came through. So that's that's how is much the, they just put out. Is the cricket suspended? Uh, yeah. I got a test on against India right now. Um, uh, at Mike Keegan DM is the guy who just said it, says Reese McCardle. Sorry, Reese, I thought you were just typing into the wrong thing, telling Mike <laughs> Keegan to give you a DM. Um Usually, when something like this happens, and I'm I'm only going on when Princess Diana died, which is twenty five years ago now. I think um, I seem to remember like about a week where nothing happened, no sports, no nothing happened. Um, so I'm just going off that, but I'm sure the, I'm sure they'll come out and make a statement tomorrow with regards. Yeah, to where it I, it's a it's a blessing in disguise for us because I. I might be reading a little bit more into Klopp's comments about needing to reinvent ourselves uh, than some other people are. And Gab, you were saying take it kind of with a pinch of salt, but the extra couple days on the training ground can only fucking help us at this point because it it seems to me that something needs to change, not drastically, but it can't just be a little tweak here and there of you know move two yards inside or outside on that. Like to me, it really seems like we need to either drop our back line, try to keep our fullbacks in more of a flat four, put two in midfield, something like that. Like, Gavin, like from our talk around the different areas of the team, it seems like there's major, major issues going on. Like, can you put your finger on just something that the team could work on to improve this? Because we're in just such terrible form right now. Like, is the problem with Klopp? Is the problem with attitude or what? Um, oh, there's an attitude problem. What it would do? Oh, yeah. When you see players going around like that on the pitch, there's an attitude problem. There's an insecurity within the team. They're not sure of what they're doing. Like that goal you see last night from Anguisa. 
ball gets passed inside to one two with um uh, the, the guy we tried we are meant to sign Zielinski. Um and you see these players trotting, you know, um and you kinda go, Look how lazy he is and I kinda went, Yeah, and then I kinda looked at him and went, No. What that is is looking around them going, There's usually a fella there. Is there usually a fella there when that ball gets played and mm. is there usually a fella there and they're all kind of nearly programmed to know like that he someone will be there and stop that and then you look oh the fucking no one there. We're a mile off here. We're we're actually a mile off this here. And you know, there's definitely issues. I think Klopp has to look at it and I think he has to start um for me in certain positions and certain players, they, he needs to drop his expectations a little bit. You know. Um James Miller is thirty seven years of age. And if he's in midfield in a European game away from home against a midfield that wants to run around all night and run, 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 um, you can't press them. Because if it, unless you, unless James Miller is a fucking machine that can break everything down, once you get beyond him, you're in serious fucking, you're in serious trouble. I think uh, as a, what I'd like to see Liverpool do is I'd like to see Liverpool, honestly, I'd like to see Liverpool come out and I love them going and pressing and, and stuff like that. And if that's what you have within that personnel, absolutely go and do that. But if we have to, if we go into a game now where we say to ourselves, right, um, Fabinho, Melo, Thiago starts, right? Thiago's so good. Fabinho right beside him. I, don't, I think they've lost about three games between them when they played together. We don't know what Melo's like. I don't know what he's like pressing. I've had, I, again, I don't watch an awful lot of uh, Melo playing football, right? Arthur Melo. But what I'm saying is, I don't want Klopp to go, oh, he can go in there, he can definitely do that. If he can't, Let's 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 drop, let's drop midfield five yards. Let's drop defence five yards and say to ourselves, right? Let's just see what. Let's make ourselves, as Klopp said, let's make ourselves compact. Let's make ourselves difficult to get around. Okay, and then as the game develops, you go. Actually, he can press. He he can do that. He can do that. He can do this. He can't do that. But what I'm saying is, stop giving away chances. Like it's actually criminal for a guy in a Napoli midfield to get it on the left side of midfield. And pass, make one pass inside, and a fella just literally has the fucking whole pitch to look at, and he passes. He gets up, he gets the ball, and he's able to look around. Yeah. So I'd like us, I'd pass. like us to just, I'd like to, I'd like us to adjust to what we have instead of. And people say like we've become, you know, people of sisters, and we've, you know, the words going on in my head, but um, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we've become like where people just know what we're going to do. I think we don't, we see ourselves as doing one thing and doing something completely different and teams are running more than us because simply because they've more belief you know when teams hadn't got a belief against us you wouldn't see midfielders breaking out and breaking beyond their midfielders you wouldn't you'd see one no, or two guys up, you'd see one or two guys up front trying to make chances out of maybe a long diagonal ball that was kicked kicked up the pitch and maybe you get beyond Van Dijk for a couple of a couple of seconds but you wouldn't see people breaking beyond but now they are because they go do you know what they can they can't get with me. They're not as formidable. They're not as they're not as controlled. And and I just want to see us quarter clot a little bit when it comes to games. And I've no doubt that Jota, Canate, uh, Thiago all coming back will make a massive difference to us. But still, if you have to pick the likes of James Milner, and still if you have Andy Robertson in this form, Van Dyke in this form, Trent in this form, you might have to think about changing it. And that's just the way it goes. You, you have to think about changing. The, the issue becomes, I mean, moving, dropping your midfield five yards. I mean, if you think about the level that these guys train at, moving one yard changes 
all of their angles for pressing and everything like that. Like to me, that's almost as drastic a change as to switching away from that tried and tested four two or four three three and going to a four two three one. But you mentioned form, and you know, Ron, I'll come to you on this. Like it goes to attitude, but like nobody seems to be playing to their level. You used to look at last season, you could look at our team and go, and we've got five or six world-class players. Like if you were making a world 11, we had five or six players that were legitimately in with the shout and none of them are playing to that standard. Allison would be about the closest, but and you look Trent, Robbo, Virgil, Fabinho, Sala, all of them just way, way, way off form. How do we correct that? Like, do you just have to wait it out? Um, not necessarily. I, and I agree with Gav on the idea of um, going back to basics. I don't. I never really liked that. I that I did too much. Um, but there is. But the way I like to think about it, instead of that, is more of remembering what got you to the level you were you were at. It was the basics plus being able to add some flair on top and making your skills shine through. And I think particularly for Trent Robbo lately for the last season and a half, well, end of last season, beginning of this season, they've been trying a lot of things that, yeah, when it comes off, when it used to come off when we were on top of teams and had all that, all the pressure um, applied to the press, you know, it, it would come off every once in a while. And if it didn't, you know, we, we, we have the assurance, we have the form to know that, you know, it, Taking that chance, it's not going to. We're not going to get beat by one pass on the break. But hey, sorry, go on, go on, Ron. But no, I was going to say. But when you're when you when you when you've gotten out of form, you got to remember what made you great. Um, and it wasn't uh, playing a sixty-yard diagonal every chance you got. Um, it was figuring out how. To how how to make that connection work better with you and the for and the Y forward on your side, i.e. Robinson with Diaz and Trent with Mo, you know the switch of play is great. Um, it looks beautiful when it comes off, but it isn't always needed. Um, and I think, you know, it's almost as if that that pass seems like it's more on and more utilized than trying to find a forward in the forward in front of you. Um, and it just—it's just not necessary, especially when you see uh, fullbacks on the on the opposite of the of the field picking that off with e with regularity because everybody expects it now. We you know if Trent has two seconds to pick his head up and it doesn't it doesn't see what he wants in front of him, it's going across the field. We know that opposition knows that, and they're playing for it. And it's not, which is why it isn't coming off so regularly. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't what, this isn't what got you to greatness. This isn't what got you on top of the mountain. You know, not necessarily be simpler, but play the percentage ball. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what we got to hit on in the first place. We were playing high percentage passes, completing a lot of them and getting, getting the ball forward. It doesn't have to be the beautiful raking 60 yard pass every time. It doesn't have to. We need the we need those to come up every once in a while. We don't need them all the time. Yeah, um, yeah so. it's, 
just be a little over over reliance. Yeah, a little over reliance on Bar- some of the things that stood out and made us great. And Barry Devney says there you can't turn form on and off. You need a run of games and confidence. I think that's true as well. You know, I don't, I don't think you can. Uh, I, I, you can do work on the training ground. You can get players back from injury, and you know, it, you can do all that. But you, again, you do need. But my hope for it is that the likes of Thiago returning, Canate returning, not only for themselves, but players around them looking, going, "Oh, he's back." You know, he's back. Fabinho's looking, going, "Fuck, Thiago's back." You know, and again, that's no slight on James Milner, but James Milner at thirty-seven shouldn't be starting Champions League games for Liverpool. You know, we shouldn't be starting big league games, Liverpool. Um, but I, I, I think and I, it's, it's a hope that when you the players in the team at the moment that have just lost their way and, you know, just seem to be all over the shop, we'll look at these players coming back. Jota, you know, you look at him and go, Nunes is bedding in, he'll get, he could get us a goal. Jota's fucking lethal if you, if you give him the chances. And I just hope that, you know, they always say, like, oh, a new signing brings... Um, raises the, the place and raises training and, you know, gets people's spirits up. I think those players coming back, I hope, you know, just, just has a little a little effect on everyone around them where they go, they're more comfortable in themselves and they can feel they can go and play the game they want to play. But I go back to it. If you don't have them available, Klopp has to become a bit more pragmatic for me. He has to, you know, take the foot off the pedal just a little bit at times and, I'm not saying we won't be alright because at the end of the day, Liverpool are going through a seven-game bad spell. Let's be honest about it. You know. Yeah, it, I think the long-term, you know, form will come back into line, but like the attitude part of it is somewhat worrying. I was on that show when Shawnee first mentioned about Trent smelling himself, and I didn't really agree with it at the time because he was celebrating after a goal. You know, he's acting like everybody look at me. Well, literally everybody was looking at him. Like he had just put in this amazing goal, but. Some of the some of the body language that you're seeing from some of the players, like and especially Trent, of just he just seems to have a lackadaisical way about turning around and trying to get back after he's been beaten that makes it look like he doesn't give a shit at all. But like, is there is there a solution for the attitude problem, Ash, or do we just need to knuckle down? Like, do we just need to get embarrassed? Because there's no way the players felt good about that performance last night. I think it comes down to a lot of things. Um I'm I'm no manager, so I'm not claiming to be, but it just seems like there's a few a few little minor tweaks will go a long way in how the team will play. Um I personally think the defence needs to drop at least say go back at least another five, ten yards. Get familiar with each other again. I think bringing Matip back in the fold to have that relationship back with Verge will will play a big part because No, when you uh, when you say that, Ash, do you mean all four of the back four or just all, the center half? I, I reckon all four. And then I've been a great advocate since preseason that we should switch to a 4 2 3 1. I've been saying that it just changes it up. It's a different way of playing. I think teams have become accustomed to us playing a 4 3 3. And as a lot of people have said, they've sussed us out. Um, so switching up to a 4 2 3 1 is just something different. And I would personally play Fabinho and Thiago on the halfway line, as you would expect to see the back four now, and just the familiar like partnerships, like the Fabian and Thiago, the Matip and Virgil. And I would play the, a, a three and the one up front, and you were saying, is Jota going to fight for his place? Why can't we play him as well as Nunes, Diaz and Salah? You know, yeah. something different. Bring, bring Salah, Diaz in. 
a bit narrower to play closer to, say, Jota, just behind Nunes. And then that enables them to to keep Trent and Robbo down the flanks. I think I think it was um, Kev who said they don't seem to go on the outside no more. They always seem to go inwards. And it's just, it's the finer details like that that we're not doing from previous seasons. Like they've just lost themselves. It's just our basic plays that we've become so accustomed to watching like the team play that they're just not doing anymore. So that's why I would say go back to basics, bring the team back a, a few yards, play a different formation, bring the wide man in a little bit more and just build the confidence. And like I said, get, like Gav was saying, get familiar, get familiar players back, like the Matips, the, the Canates, the Tiagos, the Jotters, where they're, where they're used to each other, they know what their role is, they know what the other person's going to do. And I just think if that was to happen, it will it'll get teams second-guessing and I think the team will have more confidence in each other. And hopefully, again, I keep saying this all night, but hopefully it'll just click and we'll start seeing... All it takes is a run of four or five games, you know, touch wood, barring injury and stuff like that. And that's it. I don't see why we won't be the Liverpool that we were last season or all the years before. I think we're so low on confidence at this moment in time. Yeah. Uh, we do we do need a good couple of hard fought wins rather than a nine nil drumming of Bournemouth, like a one nil scrappy, you know, score in a tenth minute and then for eighty minutes really fight for the fight fight for the one nil win. I think exactly. we need that kind we need that kind of victory rather than a drumming. Yeah, we all like it a five six nil win. Yeah, that's we'll, we'll take that. But sometimes you do really need to put the put the hard graft in, put the shift in, and actually. Turn around to each other. And go. That was that was fucking hard, but we got there in the end. And I think that's what that's, that's what we need. I think that's what we need. I think we need. To, I think we also need to show, you know, the other teams' way home against us now is on the break. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> sit back. You know, even with possession of the ball, hold it quite deep. Look for us to look for us to move on top of you. Find a man in the middle of the park, and he's, you know. He's beyond their midfield, and then, then you can hold us. I think we need to start snuffing that out. You know, I think I think we need to. Kev says there we need to um, we need to start setting traps better, and we need to start executing them better. Absolutely, Emmett says retain possession better, move the ball quicker, one and two touch football, get our mojo back. I think we need to show that we can play like we used to play, but. Whereas teams before used to sit in and go, fuck that, we're not coming out to play against that. We need to show if they do decide to come out and play like that, that we're willing to match it. You know, and if that means playing a high line because you have a really dominant midfield in there, fine. If that means you have a more workman-like or, in, you know, inexperienced midfield and you have to drop that defence 10 yards and that midfield has to drop a little bit and, and win the ball from there, absolutely fine. But um, we need to we need to get a fear factor back. Um, in some way when it comes to the opposition because they're not having to do an awful lot. They're not having to do an awful lot. They're, they're, they're literally finding one pass from their defensive toward in somewhere in midfield and then and then they're on top of us and we need to, we need to snuff that out. But look, as I said before, I, I am an optimist when it comes to Liverpool. You know me, I am. Um, but I will tell you, like I will have a, 
negative opinion if I feel I have to. I've said an awful lot of negative things tonight, but I still come back to, and I understand people say, you know, players will be on their peak and they, they're not fit and their stuff like that. I, I absolutely get that, but I'm still of the I'm still of the opinion that Liverpool have, you know, lost two games of football this season. I think um, they've they've only won two as well. I think and, and drawn <laughs> fucking three or four games, wherever it is, right? Um, but I'm 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 the one I'm kind of one going. You have to trust Klopp that he will sort it out, and his staff. Um, you have to trust these players that, regardless of what you think of their age and stuff like that, they've been there, they've seen it, and they'll want to go and do it again. Um, I believe the vast majority have it in them to go and do it again. I might be proven wrong; it could be a horrendous season, but I hope you know that last night was a real wake up call because the derby was a good game of football. I think we were okay against Palace. Um, we were okay against Fulham. We were shy against United. Um, and that felt like a bit of a wake-up call. But with the players coming back and what happened last night, I think I'm hoping um, that this team has too much pride in it um, to not fire back in some sort of way over the coming weeks. Look at that. That's such lovely positivity, you know, to end the night on a high note. Uh, but before we go, just a few things that have come up in the chat for news. Just go around real quick. Uh, Ron, do you have any thoughts about Naby Keita being named in the Guinea squad for the upcoming international break? <laughs> uh, we're going to see whether or not uh, – I guess we'll have a little bit more of a tea leaf to read as to whether or not um, his removal from, from the Liverpool squad has been because of a falling out or um, whether in, or an injury or something like that or not whether or not – yeah. I mean, that's – that's what I put, I put my money on, but um, if if he plays for Guinea, that's got to be it, right? Yeah, it's, you know, like he can he can never put the shirt on. I guarantee you he plays Guinea for Guinea. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll take a fifty euro bet where any of you now for charity that he plays for Guinea. That's a crazy bet to take because Guinea would play Naby Keita if he showed up missing a leg from a fucking landmine or something like that. He's so important <laughs> to that team. That's that's a rig bet. At, okay. I, I was really hoping well, that Naby Keita actually had some sort I'll of tell injury. You and I'll tell you what. We could if Naby, I, I, won't, I, won't take, I won't take a bet with anyone. If Naby, Keita, if Naby Keita does not play for Guinea in the international break, I would just give 50 euro to Bob, uh, Bobby's wish to walk. <laughs> All right? That's great. He's not injured. I'm telling you now, he's not injured. I don't think it's personally neither. I, I mean, <laughs> whether whether he plays or not, I'd like him gone in January. But um, that that's just me. It feels that Nabby's like love with the fan base. You know, even the ardent Nabby Kata supporters. I thought he was going to come good until this last blow up, and that's I, I I'm just finished with him now at this point. And he's not going to sign a new contract, so he's not going to be our player. You know, at the end of the season, anyways. Uh, the other news story, quick coming out before we leave. Uh, Ash Carius looks like he's signing with Newcastle. Who? Loris Carius. <laughs> I've not seen that. I've not seen that nightmare <laughs> mentioned for a very long time. I'm yeah, shocked. Yeah, kind of. All the teams in the world, Newcastle United. Yeah, um, I'm, I guess Carl Darlow picked up an injury. So is that what it was? Um, yeah, they they need a backup. Well, I guess I'm off our books, I suppose. Um, look, we all know what he did. We know what happened in the final. It wasn't the correct signing for us. You don't ever wish ill on any player, no matter who they are. But 
you know, his time was up when he couldn't catch a ball in a in a warm up against Tranmere, was it really? So, yeah. good luck to the bloke. Um, see what happens, but yeah, that's been a gone, isn't it? Really, I just just brought back PTSD, mate. When you said his name, that was that was horrible. I know. <laughs> 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 pretty pretty unbelievable that a team in the Premier League was willing to give him a shot, but I guess needs must, or he's got a great social media following that the people at Newcastle are okay with. Uh, and finally, Gav, a little bit of positivity to end on. You mentioned it earlier, Bobby's wish to walk. He's our uh, charity partner. Bobby's a kid needs the same surgery that Sienna got with the help of the LFC day trippers and other generous people all around the world. He's at 133000 just about now. Yep. Another 17,000 to go. Get him over that hump. Yep. Get him yep. off. Get that surgery. Bring him home. Yeah. I mean, uh, you get, the pictures of Sienna, just it, fantastic. I mean, what oh, it's, a, it's, what a it's literally the best advertisement. It's literally yeah. the best advertisement for, yeah, for, for Bobby. Um, you know, we, we keep saying it. Sienna, I think she, I, I want to say last November. So we're look, look 10 months or so ago, went to St. Louis. I think she, her and our mother, her parents and herself were there for, I think it was three weeks, four weeks. Um, got the surgery fairly early on. Had three surgeries actually while she was there. Then went through physio and rehab and stuff like that. They, there, came back and done more. Um, and she's still in physio to this day on, on at certain points. And she was getting done for. She was getting molds made for. I think it's. I think it's kind of like special shoes that she would have because she still suffers you know with, with what she suffers with but she's yeah. able to um but now like she's walking to school she's climbing frames she's like it's literally night and day what you're seeing yeah. this time last year to now it's it's ridiculous and and that's what bobby's looking to do you know and um yeah we're about it's about seventeen thousand short and it's not look don't get me wrong it's not we haven't raised that 133 on our own um you know, Garbreen um is fairly close to, to Bobby. I think he might be a cousin of his or um but he was the one that put us on to it. I don't know how much money they were on at the time. It wasn't a huge amount, but it's gone gone through the roof. And you know, it's seventeen thousand euros that's left and seventeen that seventeen thousand euro will literally change a person's life. You know, not in the a whole fa- in, the whole family's. Oh yeah, well not not even in a monetary way where you know you get materialistic things for it. Just the quality of life for that child goes from goes from a decent quality of life because of the family and the support he has around him to an exceptional um, quality of life for a child seven years old. Yeah. You know, like I look at my my my, my daughter's nine, and you know she plays. You know she does horse riding. Loves horses, horse riding. She does. Um, Mr. Gay- Fancy Pants over here. Oh, she like well, not really, because where I come from in Dublin, like we we all owned horses in fields. You know, it's just the way it was. But she loves horse riding. She plays G. She plays Gaelic football. She plays hurling. Um, she does athletics. I mean, you see her running around and jumping, and you know, half the time she's out in the field across the road, you're pretending to be a horse herself, jumping over fences and stuff. It's mental. Like she's only short of eating sugar cubes for lunch, um, but. You know, when you see that, she's nine, and then I look at this, the, the Bobby, and he's seven, and I'm kind of going, that's where he needs to be. That's where every child should be. You know, that's where every child, if possible, should be. So it's 17,000. Um, it's not a lot. It is an awful lot of money. 17,000 is an awful lot of money, don't we? But on the grand scheme of things, um, 
he will get nothing materialistic out of this. He will just get a quality of life and, and that goes above anything you could have in your hand or in your house or, you know, out of the front garden or whatever it might be. So, look, I just want them to get to it. I just want them to be able, because what happens with these things is they, they have to book you in. There's only, you can't just ring them and go, listen, I have that money, can I drop in tomorrow? It doesn't work like that. They have to be scheduled in at certain times. This doctor is world-renowned for, for what he does, so he's probably a, he's probably busy. You know, I reckon he's quite busy. So um, you, you have to get them booked in, and there's, there's just weeks and months of operations and rehab. It's not easy. Like, it just doesn't flick a switch, but you have to be able to give a seven-year-old this chance. You just have to be, you know, and um, I'm, I really hope that, I really hope by the end of October, end of November, that seventeen thousand has passed, and um, you know it's it's it gets him to where he needs to be. And I always say it; it's the most important thing on this channel. You know, we come on every night, and we never forget to talk about Bobby's wish to walk. We never forgot to talk about Sienna or Falcon or wherever else we've helped. We never forget. We always make sure it's on the agenda. And uh, listen, results, goals, players, form. Yeah, it's all great to talk about, but nothing really matters when um when it comes to this. It just doesn't, you know. And when we get to the end of the year and we're all sitting around the Christmas having a drink, we all say, you know, that game and this game, and then you go, yeah, but he's he got his he got his chance, and that's that's the biggest thing. So um, yeah, Bobby's wish to walk link is in the description. Seventeen thousand short, and if Naby Keita doesn't play, um, for Guinea, um, Guinea. I own what do I owe him? Fifty quid. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, okay. No worries. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, if you uh, if you're not able to donate right now with uh, whatever the cost of energy has given an imaginary yeah. number over there for you guys now, yeah. throw it into your social media accounts, share it with all your people. You never know who uh, you know the story might hit close to home to somebody, or somebody's mm -hmm. just feeling overly generous or making a penance that day, and mm -hmm. they can uh, chip in and help out and get Bobby there. So, uh, great oh, show, can, gentlemen. Can I can I say oh. one more thing? You may. You own the, the whole boat. So. No, no, I don't. You do. Cause tonight. Um, so people have asked us about watch-alongs, right? And we're not into watch-alongs, really. So <clears throat> what we're doing is we've decided, as a group of us have decided, that we're going to cover loads of different sports, all right, on, on a watch-along basis. It won't be on YouTube. It won't be broadcast anywhere like that. It's very simple. We're going to pick some sports to watch over the next days, weeks, months. We're going to let you know what channel we're going to watch it on. You can watch it on your TV, your IPTV, wherever you want. You can mute it. We're going to give you a link. You click that link on your phone, the audio will come out of your phone and you can hear us commentating. Plus on your phone, you'll have a live chat option as well. So if you're in a Telegram group, and um, the details are in there already, me and Matt are going to watch some baseball tomorrow. Um, yeah. We were planning on watching some football over the weekend, but that's gone. But um, we're going to be yeah. watching stuff like um, golf, Formula One, whatever sport we want, you know, and then when Phil gets wind of it, we'd be watching, I know, I don't know. That's Tron, opening week, Tron, opening weekend for NFL. Cavity blocks, fucking Shut as far up, as you can, <laughs> while, you know, to upside down on a bungee, something along them lines. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's just something we're doing. We're not doing it in any way in conjunction with any of these shows. We're just going to do it as a laugh. A couple of people in a studio watching it. You can chat with us. You can watch the stream. Or you can... Most people watch it on their TV or IPTV. Link up the channel we're watching. Sync it up and um, listen to us. And also have that live text chat as well. So there you go. Stephen Max is Snooker. It, I'd love to watch Snooker. <laughs> yeah, get on it. 
if you're if you're in the chat and you're on, I'm not sure if it works on your phone, but definitely if it works on your computer, uh, we can add you into the room as well too. Like if it's something that you're invested in, so I can see us watching maybe a few NFL games this season. Mm-hmm. So if out of the few NFL fans in the chat, if your team's playing and we happen to be doing a watch along, we can get you yep. up on screen with us and get you properly involved in the uh, in the discussion and everything like that. Like it. If it goes well, it should be fun. I mean, the hardest thing was we're just doing to baseball get tomorrow. Have a third lined up. Yeah, we're doing the, you're, the Cubs you're doing, and Giants tomorrow. Yeah, you're doing baseball from nine. I'm going to join you from ten. It'll probably go on till fucking one in the morning because baseball is mental. Um, I know nothing about baseball, so don't come on. I won't have stats. I'm literally going on to talk to Matt while he watches baseball and tell you about it. And I'm trying to go. I'm going to try to learn because I did promise I would learn how to what baseball was. I'm going to I'm going to teach Gav the rules of baseball tomorrow night. Uh, live and a watch along so there you go oh man no way it can go wrong no oh man <laughs> no <laughs> if, you thought Amer- if you thought american football had rules oh my god yeah yeah it's uh no apparently chris brack summed it up as you just try to hit the ball as far as you can and that's sort of but also not even anywhere close to it so <laughs> i watched Maybe i watched about, i watched about up. five minutes of it last night and i was like what's this square on the screen why is this square on the screen Strike zone. Yeah, and I was like, but is is that just for us at home? Or Yeah. Yeah. No, that doesn't dangle there. There's not No, like I know a it doesn't wire. dangle there, but but like but like what happens if the ball doesn't hit the strike zone and the guy behind that's him a ball. calls a strike? No, if the guy doesn't swing, that's a ball. Four balls and you get first base for free. See, this is all gonna oh, be this explained is too much tomorrow night. Brain. This is yeah, too much. Are you trading oh, no, smokes no. for this four space and all? Like, is there? Luckily, luckily, oh, as a baseball game can take fucking hours, so there's okay. lots of time to explain all the minutiae <laughs> well, look, of baseball. Sorry, I promise one last thing. Um, if the football <laughs> is called, obviously, if the football is called off at the weekend, the Premier League forecast won't be on tomorrow night because you'd be sitting there previewing nothing. So baseball. that won't be on. Um, the post-match game on Saturday show obviously won't be on because there won't be a game if it's called off. Um, Sunday, though, um, we will do a fat back for um, in some way, shape, or form. We don't know what we could do. We'll probably do one of those um, uh, poxy quizzes that Luke hates. We might do them. You never know. So there you go. Do a, do a trippers chat and just cut Phil right out at the knees. Before his <laughs> oh, no, no. Out. The trippers chat shows are due to be recorded from next Tuesday and I promise you, they'll never be live, ever. Because, <laughs> and, and the other rule is that um, when they're recorded, it has to come to me to listen to um, and be edited and then put out. So, um, yeah, like we, we'd be gone. We're in about 15 minutes to be released. These unedited, trust me, I'll put them out live for the mar- that, that matter. There you go. Smart Done. Move. Okay. Smart all right, uh, Jody P, just to let you know, I, I'm hoping to do some Blue Jays games in the future. Just the game on Friday night is starting at like 1 in the morning Ireland time. And that's a little late for Gabs. So. For the first couple, we're going to just put it into our Telegram group. We're not going to promote it across everywhere that we're doing it because we're trying to just get the lay of the land. So if you're not in a Telegram group, subscribe to the channel. Go to the community tab. I think it's the first thing there. And it basically sets you through. You literally have to give your email address and stuff. You download the Telegram app on your phone. You go through this link. It sets you up on all our different rooms. You go in there and you can get all the details. That's it. All right. Fun show, gentlemen, all things considered. Ron, nice having you on again. Good seeing you. Nice. Thanks for having me. Glad to see you guys all again. Yeah. 
Ash, good seeing you. Last time I saw you was in a beer gardens just down the Anfield Road. Yeah, mate, it's been a while, wasn't it? It was a uh, good seeing you that day. Like and yeah, it was. It seems like, seems like a very long time ago, mate. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on tonight, mate. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. That's right. And Gav, I'll be seeing you in twenty four hours. I'm going to teach yeah. you all about the base Let's by go base. Giants. No, I mean, we're going to cheer for the Blue Jays, but tomorrow, yeah, we'll probably cheer for the Giants. Who's no, the Blue, who's the Blue Jays? That's Toronto's team. That's Canada's baseball team. So that's um, who I watch normally. Okay. So. But um, it's, it's the push for the playoffs. And it's on Paramount Plus. No, it's not. But don't, don't, <laughs> don't they play like fucking 300 days a year or something? This. No, they play 162 games in like six months. So you basically play every day. <laughs> fucking game every day. Game. <laughs> yeah let's go let's go blue jays there you go let's play ball that's uh that's the viewer's voice from the lfc day trippers thanks for joining us everybody see you next week sports social podcast network